Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spodcast Live Numero Dos. We have occasionally been more alive like th than this, but infrequently. With me are all of the Warriors, Mumbles, Glitch, Yo. Campster, and Alex. And Josh. I I'm not here, no. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't okay. tell him. Who's that? <laughs> We're trying to we're trying to minimize Josh and our branding. Uh, we think it really exactly. appeals to the not Josh demographic. It's a it's a really untapped market. All right, well, yeah, we got a special treat for us. One of us actually made the spirit journey uh, out into the desert of nostalgia and watched Ready Player One. Uh, I believe also exactly one of us, Mumbles. You've seen it. Yes, I have. Are you guys ready for this? No, oh, I can't the, wait. The slam and the jam that I'm about to put down. Virtual drum it's roll. Great. It's a great what? film. It's I, a fun I film for so, all, all ages. I was so happy when I saw you say that, like on the Discord. <laughs> As I'm so, like, let's swerve some motherfuckers. I know. And someone on Twitter was like, this is the most like unpopular hot take you could possibly have on Twitter. And it's true. But like, okay, so yeah. <laughs> I the book I is super creepy. Mumbles, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I feel like you respond to me on Twitter that way, like, more often than you think, by the yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just from my everyday, like, thoughts and uh, respelling. Tw Twitter is the Mumbles discouragement machine. <laughs> <laughs> Mumbles, stop. Mumbles, no. Um, yeah, so the book is super. Uh, problematic is the best way to put it like there's a lot of just like icky stuff in there about uh, <laughs> women and sex and just icky 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 stuff um, oh i thought it was just bad no the the actual hero's journey of the book is compelling it's the fact that there's a lot of this like gross like very deep nerd shit in it like, I've been uh. a nerd man my whole life. I think of women a certain way. I think of other men a certain way. And it's very prevalent in the book. And if and you're a curious lot of stuff about, about that, like people of color, too. Yes, yes. Like, it's race. Just like Japanophile shit. And, no. Yeah, totally, 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 exactly. Isn't there like some. Um, and unfortunately. I accidentally hit my microphone. Go there. ahead. Uh, isn't there like some. Oh my God. Also, some like. <laughs> like really bad trans stuff in there too yeah very casually there is. so yes yeah. yes there is There's it just like happens out of nowhere yeah. and then it, it just really doesn't does. go anywhere it's ignorant it comes from a place of ignorance the a lot of the point of views that ernest klein has comes from a place of ignorance it doesn't come across as malicious there are people who are transphobic and sexist and um racist because they are very aware of like their the things that they have against people but i think that ernest klein is one of those um sheltered white boy nerdy dudes who thinks that he sees the world in a very nuanced way when in reality he doesn't have a lot of um different points of views in his life and so in the book he, like, um, very Orson Scott card. Yeah. Yeah, like, people who think that they are very intelligent, very worldly, have read a bunch of fucking nerd shit, and so that makes them 
a little bit smarter and better than other people. And like that's like not they the think fucking of, case. Like they think of themselves as basically reasonable people. And so they're yeah. like, well, okay, I can think this through logically. If this is the case and that is the case, then that must also be the case. See, I understand this. Why is everybody making such a big deal out of it to, when they to, have like 5% of the facts? Yeah, to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, Ernest Klein had written a poem um, about how he wants more porn to be about nerdy girls and how he fetishizes women in glasses and short skirts and all that shit. And it's like, yo, that a shit's poem. already in porn? Yes, a poem. I swear to God. So, uh, he, he, that's kind of the place he comes from. It's very much, I was bullied as a kid. I have this nerd shit going on in my life. I think that I'm fucking Spock. And so, this is my worldview. Um... And that's really dangerous. <laughs> so luckily, they take a lot of that stuff out. Um, there's one character who is... And I've done this. When I first started playing shooters online, I used to pretend to be a man. Um, because I didn't want people to know that I was a woman. Because as soon as you tell people you're a woman, you immediately get attacked. At least that's how... I don't know if it's that way anymore now, but that's how it was back in 2008. <laughs> so, in, like, ten years ago... The far-flung year wanted... of 2008. <laughs> Seriously, it was a decade ago. If you think about it, like, anyway. But, um... Yeah. I'd rather it was really dangerous. It. it was really, really, really dangerous to be a woman online then. Especially if you were playing first-person shooters online. Um, so I used to pretend to be a man. And I had, like, a whole different way of speaking. And actually, some of the ways that I speak now sometimes sound masculine because they're leftovers from when I was pretending to be a dude. Anyway, so there's a character who is a woman who pretends to be a man because it's more convenient. It's kind of exactly the same thing that I did. Um, And in the book, when the main character meets her, he goes, are you a woman? Like, were you born with a vagina? Like, really fucked up shitty stuff to say to someone. In this movie, it's not there. In fact, people, when they realize that she's a woman, they're just like, oh, hey, you're a, you're a woman. Oh, shit. Okay, cool. Let's fucking, let's get in the van. Let's fucking drive. We got bad guys to get. So it's really, like, not a big deal at all in the movie. And I think that was whoever was fucking wrangling Ernest Cline, either <laughs> Spielberg or the guy who co-wrote the screenplay, it was very much like, this is not okay for a reaction. Like, you should not react this way when you find out that someone's been a woman, you know? You should be more understanding. So anyway. Yeah. That, um, how much was he involved with the movie? Or he co-wrote the screenplay. Yeah, that was something but I was wondering. That's like a lot. But the rest of the movie, it feels like, okay, so like when you go to a wrestling show, when you go see The Fucking Rock, you want to see The Rock do all of his moves. You want the people's elbow, you want the rock bottom, you want the like, oh, what, what am I oh, cooking? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What do you think I'm cooking? Anyway. Oh, my God, please, please tell me. Please tell me the rock <laughs> bottom is like a butt stomp. Please tell me. You, <laughs> you wish. Um, but when you see, it, when you see a, a famous wrestler, you want to see all of their great moves. And I think that Spielberg, this was like, all of his great moves. Like, everything that made a Spielberg movie a Spielberg fucking movie, he put into it. And it was very intentional. It was like, hey, remember 
Remember how I do this really well? Fucking check it out. <laughs> like, a lot of this stuff is very Spielbergy, <laughs> and I was, I appreciated it. I was like, cool. Thank God. Like, thank just God like an fucking 80... professionals here. <laughs> it's just like a 40-minute sequence where the main character is being chased down a desert road by a tanker truck. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> These, like, it's all of his greatest hits, like, as far as, like, the way that he films things, the way that he has the bad guy, like, um, the action scenes. So it feels very much like Spielberg's baby in a good way. If you don't like Spielberg movies, you're not going to like the fucking film, obviously. But if you do, then <laughs> you will like it. <laughs> I don't know anyone who's out there like, ah, oh, fuck Spielberg. All of them. All of the movies Spielberg has ever done. There, there's definitely like uh there's definitely like an evil superhero team of like serious like capital letter film critics who don't watch yeah. Spielberg movies. So, but whatever. Anyway, so um and that's too bad for them cuz they don't like fun. I think Spielberg movies are fucking fun, but the there's not any of the gross shit that is in the book. And instead, there are amazing like fight scenes amazing race scenes amazing just like uh just these epic battles that you can't that you would just imagine yourself having in a video game um as far as like character tie-ins because there's a lot of obviously references to nerd shit it's split second i like barely saw um spike spiegel's uh, swordfish out of the corner of my eye. I was like, oh, shit, that's his ship! And then that that was it. That was all of it. And, like, that's kind of how the movie operates. Like, hey, you like this shit? Cool, beans, let's keep going. We got a story to tell. Like, and that's really positive for me, that it didn't fucking dwell, so. For those of you yeah, not quite I liked certain, it th- Mumbles just admitted that she knows some anime. <laughs> uh, I just, Mum- yeah. Oh if if you, any of you guys have ever seen that image macro of, like, a bully stuffing a nerd in a locker, and the <laughs> nerd is like, you who watches anime, and the bully is like, me who also watches anime, that's basically models. I'm like, I'm a jock nerd is what I am, is the best way to describe who I am, because it's like, I have the mentality of a jock, and I like to do jock stuff, but... I fucking love nerd shit, and I hate it. So, anyway, you're like um, in the de- in like the Dungeons and Dragons movie. You're like the the like you've got the varsity jacket, and you're like the fighter, but like you also like are in a Lord of the Rings secretly, right, and like that's exactly. why you're in the group. Hey, dude, Black Eyes. I I watch Pop Team Epic. Like I watch deep cut anime. Like I'm no joke. Like yeah, obviously. <laughs> Fucking Cowboy Bebop is great, but I watch deep cut anime all the time, and it sucks. I hate myself for it. Okay, anyway, <laughs> so um, there is a racing scene in the beginning of this movie that will blow your fucking mind. The first five seconds of the movie, I was like, this is dope. Like, because you're just like, I'm going to this world. Zip, zang, the boom. We're on this world now. Check this out. We're going to go into space. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is cool. And like, is the there a narrator kid, doing that exact line the whole <laughs> yeah, way through? Exactly. <laughs> now we're in space. <laughs> <laughs> There's not actually you know footage. That's what the narrator's saying. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, oh, cool. This is the greatest shit. <laughs> 
Just Spielberg, like, like going, <laughs> making noises into a can. <laughs> oh my god, he's got fucking crack! <laughs> <laughs> Over, like, nature footage. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway. He's just got, like, I a bunch of Funko it. Pops. He's just throwing a bunch oh, of Funko no. Pops around his desk. <laughs> and then Deadpool was there. Boop, boop, boop. Uh, and then just, like, blur out Deadpool. <laughs> I think I think Deadpool was in it, by the way. I'm kind of sure. I think oh. it was the back of his head was Deadpool. But I don't know for sure. They have one, sw- one F-bomb in this movie. And it is maybe one of the best F-bombs I've ever heard in a film. It's great. I laugh so fucking hard. Uh, let's see. Eh. I mean, um, there's there are two Asian characters in the movie. And they do kind of have like an Asian stereotype to them a little bit. Which made me a little uncomfortable. But I don't know. I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> like... They were still badasses, and they still were really funny and cute. So I think Spielberg just did what he could with that. It, so. it sounds like someone reasonable took like the 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 very basic sort of essence of what was in the book, as far as like there are these characters and they're trying to do this thing, and there's a lot of nostalgia references, and then just like totally rewrote it in a way that's not at all like the horrible creep fest that is the actual book. Right, exactly. So, I don't know. I I enjoyed it. I think the, for me, the biggest negatives were the awkward romance, because it felt like Spielberg was like, do I have to do this? Is this necessary? <laughs> okay, fine. It's just, all right. <laughs> he, they, they're kissing now. Cool beans. Oh, the guy who plays the guy who created the fucking video game. Oh, my God. As soon as you see him talk, you'll think to yourself, I know a guy like this. Like, I have had my computer fixed by a guy like this, or I have been taught how to play pinball by a guy like this. Like, you will know him. And I've never seen this kind of, like, old, crusty, nerd, awkward, like, old dude. I've never seen that before, like, convincingly in a movie. And this guy fucking kills it. So that's another, like, really cool thing about it. Because you're like, oh, like, everybody knows a guy like that. Like, it's great. So, anyway. Great. Animation's great. Fucking action scenes are great. Acting's pretty great. Uh, No gross stuff. Um, And the nerd stuff doesn't hit you over the head. It's very much Spielberg going, hey, you like Batman? Look, he's climbing on that thing. That's pretty cool. Fuck that. We gotta go. We gotta go now. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And you're like, cool. Good. <laughs> I didn't care about that really, <laughs> so let's 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 hit it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. That that I'll be honest. I was pretty sure that this was what was going to happen. Like I didn't think yeah. I didn't know for sure that you'd like it, but I knew that it was not going to be as like repugnant as the book kind of is. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I, for me, my biggest concern was the animation, because from what I saw in the trailers, I was like, this looks like shit. But in reality, it looks like a blizzard person was trapped in a basement and forced to animate <laughs> Blizzard <it>. person. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, they literally kidnapped... Versions? 
someone from Blizzard and said, guess what? You're making a film for Spielberg, baby. Get in that basement. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. So, yeah. Man. So that's it. That's what? all I got. That's that's pretty radical. I, I'm glad that this segment like got to be positive. That's actually yeah. really nice. I'm sad. I was dying to be like cutting a fucking promo. Instead, I cut a baby face promo. I wanted to cut a heel promo on this. Instead, I would say nice stuff. I hate when I have to say nice stuff. Ah. Okay, so everybody tweet mumbles about something she can cut a heel promo about thank next you. time, just thank to balance you. out her persona. Yes, thank you. Uh. Lest she turn into Johnson. Speaking of cutting a heel promo. <laughs> speaking of cutting a heel promo, Chris. Yeah. So, I asked you what video games you've been playing, and you answered, like, that you weren't going to do a, a, an errant signal on. And to me, your answer, you can correct me if this was not the tone you were shooting for, your answer is kind of like this. <sighs> I've been playing Far Cry 5. <laughs> Yeah, that, that sounds pretty accurate. Can, can I actually Wait, interject? Wait, cancer before... Wait, okay, you interject okay, mo- and then I'll interject. Wait, no, you go ahead, because I have like a, a, something to tell I want to interject. Hey, I want to interject. Um, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the shit. Wait, they I thought you were the Weissy's, Wendy's Spicy Crispy Chicken Sandwich guy. I can like other things, Josh. I don't think so. I can, can like other stand things. stand multiple brands. Mumbles gets okay. to dislike lots of things. Can I interject now? Something. Yeah. All yeah. right, interject. Okay. Camster, um, is the dog petting game better than Far Cry 5? Uh, probably doing what it sets out to do, yes. Okay, that's all I needed to know. Cool. That's Move a patent Camster right. answer. So, b- before we get into <laughs> Josh's Far Cry 5, if that is indeed where we're going, uh... I wanted to say that I've been playing Far Cry 5 and have a hot take on its opening sequence. But I don't. Oh, shit. Because I bought it yesterday on the Humble Store, because you can get decent discounts on, like, the Humble Store, um, and I got it down to, like, about 50 bucks. But what I had not realized is that they ran out of keys and they ran out of keys rather than doing the like you know reasonable thing for a business to do i think which is that like if you have something that's not in stock what you don't sell it to someone uh instead i caught it and uh i I, like i bought it and you know money has exchanged hands and now i just have this thing that's like hey so we ran out of keys so you can't get your key yet uh we'll we'll, we'll fix that soon quickly here is humble not doing what you wanted this has never happened to us before multiple times is fucking like far cry 5 like a fucking like a physical key like a literal skeleton key that you have to put into a old chest and open it up and then you get a physical copy of the game or is it a set of fucking numbers that any asshole can just push on the keyboard and generate because i (laughs) this like ubisoft's ubisoft's offices are closed on monday they're gonna call frantically and be like okay we need key for josh veal and the guy's like uh fucking three okay 
I just, <laughs> um, as someone who's kind of worked in Jacob, you could back me up on this. Has worked in like back end yes. like game company stuff. Like, yes. yeah, that's probably exactly what's going to happen. It's not Monday. They're going to get like an email, like, "Hey, so we ran out of keys and we sold this stuff, so please send us more keys now." And and of course, they don't have any emergency people working over the weekend. That that's no. seriously how it happens. I, I I actually haven't checked today, but um, I bought it Saturday. Can you call a locksmith? Uh, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, the locksmith would require a quantum computer. Okay. I uh, heard if you had, like, some bobby pins, like, if you found a tin of bobby pins, you can actually, like, pick the lock if you and buy get them. into the game. Uh, Is that true? Yeah, if you it, buy it them, you're shit out of luck. You know where and when you are sometimes the process is very different like sometimes you put it in and then you just uh... kind of wiggle it around and spin it until it it opens and then other times you gotta like you get like an x-ray view of the tumblers inside and you gotta mess that around and oh yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah. I, i'm just i'm just throwing this out there uh i haven't actually had any personal first-hand experience of the game but i understand that perhaps if you could get inside the game temporarily uh the game itself contains numerous breaching shotguns uh, that fire oh. slugs. I heard if you put a basket over the key's head, you can go ahead and sneak and just steal everything, and it doesn't even know. Oh. Is what I heard. I'm, so try that one, I'm Josh. Learning all, um, I just I'm learning all kinds of things about hacking. It, so this is probably not going yeah. to be something until oh, like too bad. Monday afternoon. <laughs> can can you call Ubisoft and claim that you're the key inspector? <laughs> you um, have to wear the mustache, though. We we should try. That. But the people in chat asking in earnest what the um how a company like this runs out of keys. What typically happens is different retailers buy keys and sets, and they try to sort of estimate how many they expect to sell through. So they don't want to buy more keys than is necessary. They just buy a set number of keys from the publisher, and the publisher hands them out. And it is possible often for them to run out of keys yeah, if they is... don't if they underestimate demand. I found a bunch of like old Reddit threads about Humble Bundle running out of running out of keys for like uh like various other games in the past. Uh so this is apparently something that happens to them more often than not. Uh and in their defense, I guess, uh I, I'm pretty sure there was a little thing somewhere, a little warning box that said, hey, we've run out of keys. We'll deliver your key to you as soon as possible. I was kind of double fucked with that, though, because, like, I had thought about buying it on Friday, kind of queued it up, put it in the cart, and then just, like, uh, like plans changed, and I ended up not uh, playing video games that evening or something. And then I was like, ah, you know what, I'll let this sit here. And then I came back on Saturday and I was like, you know, it'd be really nice to be able to, to talk about Far Cry 5 on this, the live spodcast we're doing. Uh, and I just hit the like purchase button on the cart thing there and didn't notice if there was a warning anywhere, but if there was, it was in some small out of the way place. But it's quite possible that when I put it in my cart, they had keys and now they don't. <laughs> That's the only time oh. I want a website to, like, magically start playing music randomly. Like, if I can't buy a key to a video game, I want the browser <laughs> to be like, <laughs> there are no keys left here for you. Wait a couple of days first, please. Thank you. The like, worst and then part you're is, like, oh, cool. Thanks. You know, if, if this were Steam somehow, I mean, Steam generates the keys, I think, for, for games. So you can't, like, run out of keys 
on Steam itself. But if if somehow that happened, you know, I could immediately just like refund the game on Steam. But Humble Bundle to refund something, you have to go through their damn support staff, which also doesn't work on weekends. <laughs> also, is 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 Can not something classic. I recommend. I I had a um, I, I gave Jacob Can you not download a copy it through Humble. Hmm. Can you not download it through Humble? No, it's a it's a UPlay key. It it just oh, oh. yeah. That's um, no. how I bought uh, Assassin's Creed. I love Origins, you play. Why, if you're on my friends list, you never see me playing Assassin's Creed Origins, even though I played like 45, 50 hours of it. Um, it's because it's on UPlay. Nobody uses UPlay's social features. Um, uh, what was I saying? Uh, oh yeah, I, I bought Jacob. Or no, I didn't buy it. I was uh, one of the humble monthly games that I had was uh, The Long Dark, and I was like, "Hey, Jacob, you want to try this out? Sounds like something you'd be interested in." Because uh, you like survival games, and I did the email the key thing, and it just never showed up. And then I spent like two weeks bugging the humble support staff to get that to to just to give me the key back so I could just grab the key myself and copy paste it into a Steam window and hit send so Jacob could get the key. Um, because if you do the email key option, it makes it so you can't use the key. Yep, uh, and it's just like which was super great. It's like why does this feature even exist? If it's just gonna like break, um, and it took like two weeks for them to fix it, so that was neat. Well, Chris, to return to the original subject of Far Cry Five, <laughs> uh, yes. Once you can actually play it, <laughs> so why don't, why don't you just sort of go a little bit into your experiences with it, and then I actually have a question for you. Okay, um, Far Cry 5 probably plays the best of any Far Cry in a long time. Um, they take a lot more inspiration from Far Cry 2 than I was expecting, which makes it kind of interesting. Um, and they do so in some interesting ways. One is that the buddy system is back, and instead of having to have like a semi-static buddy like in Far Cry 2, um, you have to rescue different people throughout the game and get to pick them as your buddy and activate them. And there's a dog, and there's like a sniper lady, and basically you can pick people to uh, sort of help out and um, whatever gameplay style you want, there's somebody who can, who can probably assist with that. And that's really cool, and it's also really cool because it means if you have a buddy activated and you lose all your health, um, you go into uh, the, what is it, the don't bleed out mode or whatever, like in Borderlands, and your buddy can come and get you up. Um, so all of that's really cool. It's a cool way to make the health system a little bit less punishing so that if you do screw up and die, you can get picked up. Um, but you also don't have to play with a buddy. If you want to go it alone, also totally an option. So that's cool. Um, also cool is the fact... is how co-op works, right? Yeah. Like, you just have another person I believe playing so. as the buddy. Uh, cool. Yeah. And you just are both... Uh, you actually get to create a character in this game. Like, full-on, like... Uh, you oh. pick a man or a woman, and then you choose your uh, race, skin tone, and you dress them up. Mm. Um, the dress-up options are really limited, um, because it's basically uh. a variety of uh, ye old lumberjack and, and country mountain man clothing, um, along with some other gimmick clothing, <laughs> like a motorcycle bicyclist's outfit and some other stuff, an evil Knievel outfit. Um, but so basically think like, you know, rural America stereotype clothing, a lot of flannel, a lot of jeans, a lot of camo. Um, that's cool. So don't go in there thinking you're going to like make me in this game. It's, it's not that advanced. Um, but that's basically how I you appear when you do, do the, 
Fallout 4, <laughs> make Chris. Uh, Skyrim, Chris, absolutely. I mean, you know, even a little bit is nice. I would have liked to have played anybody but the protagonist of Far Cry 3. Yeah, in, th- in this one you play as a newbie deputy, so they just all refer to you as the deputy or the newbie. Um, they don't refer to you by name. I think your name is Hudson, like your deputy Hudson, but they don't give you a gender, they don't give you um, a race, they don't, you get to pick all that stuff. So you can be, you know, within reason, any sort of young, fit, amazing murder de- deputy that you want to be. It, um, is there like a conversation system or something where you see yourself in third person at any point, or is the cosmetic outfit stuff just like... I guess if you're doing co-op. It's, it's it's for, I guess you're doing co-op. It's also you see yourself in uh, third person when you go into last stand mode and are dying. Um, oh. And also you, um, the, the game has something akin to what Doom tried to do. And I think this game actually pulls it off better with the uh, arcade, the Far Cry arcade, which is kind of a, um, it works better than Doom because Doom tried to pretend like it was a genuine level editor that let you build whatever out of prefab elements. This game instead sort of lets you take all the elements of the game, arrange them however you want, and then do preset missions in them. So, like, you, you and a friend can build a level that's all designed about kill all the cult people, or there's... I can't even remember the other missions. It's basically... Basically, there's a preset list of mission types, uh, and it loads it real fast because it's just a bunch of prefab assets that you get to arrange in whatever way you want, and you get to try to complete it. In a way, it's actually closer to what Halo 3 did with its level editor, um, and it works pretty well um, as far as giving you like immediate challenges, and there's an online um, system of, of of playing, and it's, it's pretty cool. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, um, the other thing is that... Um, there's no more towers, thank God, and it, it tries to break away from the Ubisoft formula of climb a bunch of towers to find out where all the crap is, then go do all the crap, then beat the bad guy at the end. Instead, it's a bit more... Um, it plays a little bit like Skyrim in terms of the exploration, where you're walking around and you sort of see icons off in the distance on your compass that you can kind of go mark on your compass by actually visiting them. Or you can talk to people you save and they'll mention a thing and that'll put it on your map. Or you save a town and then you grab a map from the town store and that puts it on your map. Uh, or there's a there's a variety of ways to get your map updated, but none of it is just climb the tower and receive all map information immediately. And, that, and that's mm. nice. It makes it more about exploration. Um, so the combat's really tight. It feels really good. Um, it, it's, it borrows a lot from Far Cry 2. Maybe not so much the entropy stuff you don't have malaria in this and your guns don't break down um but but it's also a cash economy now which is nice so it's no longer there's less emphasis on crafting every damn thing and instead it's scrounging around for cash looting cash off of dead bodies and trading that cash in for ammo fancy pants clothing customization and new weapons um and then once you have unlocked the new weapon you can take it out of your stock whenever you go back to a, a base um all of this is way too much mechanical information but basically i'm trying to say i mean the game plays pretty darn good what is Far Cry if not its mechanics, really? Like, does who remembers the story to Far Cry 3 outside of, like, there was that one villain who ah, was cool? Me. Me and Rutzkarn remember, remember it we hold grudges. My, yes, yes, I have a grudge towards Far Cry 3's story, which I think was god-awful. And, and like, I, I don't mean, like, it's god-awful and, like, oh, what plebeian trash. I mean, it's bad in a way which few things are bad for me. Where, like, as I'm playing the story, it's like these things keep happening where it, it, it's painful to me that this is happening. <laughs> is, is that the Far Cry police in the background? Are they coming Oh to my get god, you? Red yes. Scar, you gotta make a run for it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ubisoft. <laughs> they like suddenly come out and start flamethrowing the lawn and they get attacked by a wildcat and drive off. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I run my pirate radio channel telling people how to like all right and then you press the key gently into the hot wax. Oh shit, it's the oh, no. feds! Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But I, I, I rage quit Far Cry 3, not because of the mechanics, although I actually have some serious misgivings about the way it's structured its open world, but almost strictly because, like, like everything, I'm trying to think of a way to put this, because it's not just like, oh, they weren't good at telling stories, it's like, everything that happened in the story disincentivized me to keep playing it. Like, it, it was actively painful in a way which, you know, like, good cinema or, like, good... Even, like, some good video games are, like, sometimes it's, like, there's there's tragedy, there's hardship, but, like, you're captivated by it. It was, like, all of the, like, awful, sh- completely avoidable shit that's happening and that you can't stop for no good reason and none of the literary value. It's like I I go yeah. to see a grindhouse movie, which is just someone like taking a shit and describing war crimes. It's like it's not like a fun time, but it's also like it makes me dumber for being there. That was Far Cry Three's story for me. I feel like the first act was okay. It wasn't like actively bad, and that's the act that has a uh, Voss with the biggest role. So you know. Um... Honestly, I've never actually finished Far Cry 3. I've never seen the end of the story because I just usually get bored playing, you know. I it's a, I like Far Cry 3 as a sandbox. It's a fun sandbox, but after playing, you know, for 20 or 30 hours and doing the, the fun checkoff lifts, I, I, I usually get bored and stop playing. Um, Far Cry 3 ends in part with you in a helicopter listening to Ride of the Valkyries while firing a minigun down on the bad guys. It... it really does not know if it's serious or not. Yeah. I, I don't know. The ending is pretty serious. Heart of Darkness. Ugh. Yeah, well, well I will say this. Is, I hear okay, that Far Cry 5 has a garbage story, too, so... No, that's... Yep. Well, that's, what, that's part of the reason I was so, so focused on giving effusive praise to the gameplay, because I really do genuinely enjoy the way it plays, but this game is arguably worse than Far Cry 3, because at least Far Cry 3 knew what it was trying to do. It just failed really badly it? at doing it. I mean, okay, yes, it's it's like it knew that it wanted to, like, ramp the skateboard off of the plywood ramp from the roof, <laughs> like, over the pool, which is full of, like, which has, like, oil lit on top of the water, uh, but, like, that wasn't a smart thing to do, and there was literally no possible universe in which it wouldn't just, like, ruin everybody's Labor Day weekend. I mean, it had clear ideas talking about, you know, framing multi or framing first-person shooters as violent escapist fantasies uh, trapped against this sort of backdrop of a tropical island, and also sort of made more than a passive-aggressive snipe at sort of... Uh, white vacations serving as sort of a colonial colonialist invasion that itself has a form of violence associated with it. It was trying to go for all of that. It failed. It didn't work <laughs> at selling those messages. But but so you can tell bad. like when you when you when you look at what the game's doing, you can kind of tell that that's sort of roughly the arc that they were aiming at even if they completely missed. 
The problem with Far Cry 5... It, it, it's, it's basically like the Drake meme with Drake shaking his hand at white kids vacationing in third world countries and the Drake, like, pointing approvingly at white kids murdering people in third world countries to save them single-handedly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was, that was the other thing was the white savior trope. It, it tried to do a lot of things, and that's part of the reason it failed is that it never really settled on what it was really about. But But the problem with Far Cry 5 is that it oscillates wildly between two tones. One, this is a for serious game about for serious topics that we're going to totally refuse to actually engage with, and that doesn't work at all. And two, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas levels of yuck yuck, isn't it goofy Americana parody that is completely tongue-in-cheek and done all through, like, sex jokes and ridiculous over-the-top caricature people you meet. And... The seeds of this have sort of been in the background of Far Cry 3 and 4, but it really comes to a head here where it just oscillates between Grand Theft Auto and and a really serious attempt to tell a serious story that backs away from its own issues. Like, say what you will about GTA and its its various aspects that are not so great, it, it does try to actually skewer Americana intentionally, whereas this game wants to sort of give the illusion that it does while also making all the same pee-poop conspiracy jokes but then actually not actually say anything. It doesn't actually skewer Americana, right? Like, GTA 5, pun- or GTA 5 punches down as often as it punches up, but it punches in all directions and does punch. Far Cry 5 doesn't punch, it just wants to, like, have crazy conspiracy guy that loves the animals, so he tells you to go kill all the animals because they're all infected with the... They've all been fed the mind control poison, So and we've been eating the animals, and that's get, getting the man to control our brains, so you have to kill them, even though I love the animals. And then you go and you kill all the little animals because that's what this mission makes you do, and every time you kill one of the animals, they have the wacky guy going like, Susan, no, I loved petting your fur! Jacob, I loved walking that animal. Like, just that's the whole mission, and it's very GTA. But then it'll turn around, and you'll be captured by the the conspiracy leader people, the the not conspiracy, the um cult leaders. And then you'll be like literally chained to a chair, watching the the one of the deputies that you were you flew into this area with, chained to a another chair, tears running down her face, completely battered and bloodied, and you're supposed to feel really bad about her. And now it's suddenly serious time, and it it does not work at all it is wildly totally inconsistent and all of it to say nothing like you kind of tell far cry 3 what it wanted to say far cry 5 says nothing and is totally dissonant while doing so and it's just a it's a dumpster fire from a tone and writing perspective that that was something i kind of even sensed from the trailers is like the the first trailer came out and i heard a bunch of people talking about it like oh this is a controversial thing is like they're gonna make a uh, some kind of commentary on the way modern politics is going. And then I looked at the trailer and it was it like nothing about it stood out to me as like being particularly controversial or having anything to say about like political discourse. It's it's a crazy cult guy. Well, I mean, it's, it's clearly based off of Koresh, but they don't want to actually do that, right. right? So it's clearly based off of like Koresh and sort of a certain type of uh, fundamentalist Judeo-Christian cult. Um but they want to avoid that, so it's really, really confused. Part of the problem is that I think it's, it's uh, what is this? It was made by a Canadian company, published by a French developer, and I don't know if that's maybe is part of the confusion, but like I remember seeing it was, was it Gita Jackson or someone else who was talking about um, they walk into the church in the first area, and you have like um, a really, really like 
Presbyterian uh, Bible verses scrolled on the walls, but then next to that is like a bunch of really Catholic candle things that you would never see in a Presbyterian <laughs> church, and it's just mm. really confused. Uh... Um, mm. and, and like, then, I, like I, I officially don't give a shit after that. Yeah, well, that's what got like, me. <laughs> that, that's the one. The, the candles. The candles. Is, I was raised it. super the Catholic. I like. Well, because the thing is, is like when you're raised a certain way, you notice that shit first, and that would bug me the entire yeah. fucking game. I would obsess over it because it's like I know how religion works. I was raised around a religion. I was raised in religion, and if it's not portrayed. Even if it's exaggerated, if it's not portrayed correctly, it makes me insane. So, like, that's that's it. That and killing animals, those are my two things. Yeah, the game makes you do that, too. Well, it's, that's it's far not for you. This is like the anti-mumbolo game. It is. You do get a dog you can pet. I don't... Yeah, but I, I worry about the dog the whole time. I don't know if the French excuse really holds up, though. I mean, Don't Nod is French, and they did a pretty decent job with, like, Pacific Northwest high school stuff in, uh, in Life is Strange, so... Well, part, part yeah, of it is, I think, that's intentional. not consequential. Okay. It's not consequential to be like, ugh, here's what it's like living in the Pacific Northwest in a high school. Like, bleh. This is, like, real stuff that is happening now. Like, they were trying to attack or go after or talk about um, Southern religious violence. And that is a scary thing that is happening right now. And uh, if you don't know how to talk about it or you're not really sure you want to jump into that fucking deep dark pool, then yeah, you'd fucking paddle on to the it's... to the kiddie pool <laughs> along with Bioshock it's... Infinite. <laughs> You know, <laughs> like it's a game that opens with amazing grace and yet refuses to use anything more specific about the cult's religious beliefs than just saying that they believe the quote unquote end is coming and that they are doing it for God. That's it. That's just, there, there's no more specific religious yeah. viewpoint than Doomsday Cult. Um, but it opens on amazing grace. So you and, and you like you and it opens inside of a church. So you get this weird dissonance where it's like, it clearly is a religious cult, and you know what they're talking about, but they're not going to say it. And, and it's, just, it's just weird. Um, I mean, I don't want to keep this conversation going too much longer, but it's just, it's, I like playing the game, but the story is a trash fire. That was actually something else I was going to ask, is uh, uh, which game has a more milk-a-toast, milk what the fuck was I even doing that with it? Let's say lukewarm. Milky uh, toast. Taste or look at like Judeo-Christian imagery. Is it uh, this game or Bioshock Infinite? This is more milk toast. Bioshock Infinite is more just trying to have it both ways. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I would think... agree with that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of problems with Bioshock Infinite, especially like when it sort of gets into politics. But I I actually think that there's like one good point Bioshock Infinite has, or like one interesting idea it has pertaining to religion. I, I think that they're willing to commit to it fairly centrally in their storyline. So I I don't know if I would necessarily describe their relationship with religion as a hundred percent milquetoast. No. I agree with that because I think, and I actually had been playing, I got halfway through Bioshock Infinite before I was like, that's enough of that. <laughs> and that's that's right where it goes into like the racial stuff. And then you're like, I'm less interested now. 
But when you first start playing Bioshock Infinite, it is this American idea that we idolize these forefathers and think of them as religious figures. And I think that is something that people do, and it's natural for people to do that because people have been doing that since the beginning of time. But um, seeing the imagery of it and seeing um, the the fire and brimstone of it, I think, was really powerful for me. And, uh, yeah, I think that that part of the game is done perfectly. So. Did I lag out? I think I did. No, we're just no. we're just done. Oh, it's Red Sky. Red Sky. <laughs> then, so for those of you, uh, I think the part that that's all definitely true, and I wasn't even what talking about like that as Red much. Sky but I think that, that that's a very important point. Uh, there he his goes. microphone was yeah. lit up, but yeah. he wasn't saying anything. Oh boy. Okay. There he goes. <laughs> what just happened? Are, are you? Here? What did you? Okay. What's the last thing you heard me say? Nothing. Just start over. No, the last thing we heard okay. you say was, what's the last thing you heard me say? All right. Awesome. Okay, so that that point Mumbles had was very good, but that that wasn't even what I was, I was talking about, but that that's actually very true. What I was going to get into, um, this is like endgame spoilers for Bioshock Infinite, by the way. Um, so just, you know, sit, it'll take me like a minute to talk about. You it came just, out in 2013. Like, kind of it's been five years. Now. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. So, Bioshock Infinite, it has a very obvious, clear message behind, like, most of, like, its villain and its setting. It's, like, kind of the the moment that actually creates this horrifying dystopia versus the moment that creates the protagonist is whether or not the character had their sins religiously purged in a baptism. And I think it's actually a—I actually think it's a very cool message— like, because it's, the character gets their sins purged, like, all the massacres they've committed, all, like, the, the horrifying crimes, and he is, walks away absolved and becomes Comstock the villain, versus, like, he decide, like he rejects the baptism, he rejects oh. the purification, he lives with his guilt and becomes the hero. That's oh, I interesting. That. I love that. Yeah, that's great. Totally. That's one of those things that I'm aware of, but I didn't really, like, think about. But it totally, absolutely. And that's something that you know, actually, from the beginning of the game, I feel like. As far as, like, this is a holy man. You hear about all of his great exploits and how he found religion, blah, blah, blah. And you were this, like, dirtbag fucking dude with a bunch of dead on your head. And you were the hero. And so you know early on kind of that dynamic. And then it just gets, um, it gets, uh its right yep. conclusion at the end of it so yeah i think that's neat and then that's the neat game out. ends with like a million elizabeths drowning you for no reason and oh <laughs> spoilers we're already in spoilers <laughs> oh april fools it's that's not how it really ends how that would be crazy if it ended like that that would be stupid i mean if that's I not how Bioshock infinite to... ultimately oh ends. absolutely it alex carries the story on Josh, what? Sorry. Absolutely, Alex. Please, please go ahead. Oh, I mean, like, I don't want to dwell on Bioshock Infinite anymore, but I just wanted to say, I think, like, if we're comparing, it's, it's just, I'm, I had no patience for any of what Far Cry Five was doing. Like, I remember we talked about the trailer on an older Spodcast, 
And I just, it's, it's this time in history where, like, so many people have taken direct action and are sick of just, like, sort of, like, scratching the surface on, like, talking about issues in America. And so now is the time people are sick of just, you know, the thoughts and prayers and this and that. And I feel like Far Cry 5 is, like, the thoughts and prayers of video games <laughs> on this issue, right? Because, like, it's... It's like no one's no one needs this like bullshit fancy pansy use it as like on your billboards everywhere and so you have this imagery that sells the game really nicely and it's like oh shooting rednecks and you you evo evoke that tone but then you're also evoking the it's like you're getting the GTA crowd and then you're getting like the like more I guess like the activist crowd or like the people who like the a narrative with a social message and things like that and it's like you're trying to appeal to all these people, and it's so annoying that they like this is happening when there's so much room for actually putting out a message in a game today. And who else can do that but like big studios? Well, you know, like at least to get the reach. Indie indie games have been doing it, but but the big studios can really get something out there. Yeah, it's. I'd be interested in comparing this game to to um, <clears throat> Wolfenstein 2, uh, which I haven't played, but as I understand it, was very overt in its politics and its political message. And, you know, it, the marketing campaign, like, explicitly referenced, like, Antifa and, and, uh, and MAGA hats and stuff like that. I mean, it definitely doesn't, if nothing else, Wolfenstein 2 definitely had the solid position of it, the game does not like Nazis or yeah. fascism. Like, every single character in the game doesn't like that, and it, it shows. I am also not a fan of them borrowing the aesthetics of a controversial issue while delivering, like, a really weak, limp-wristed story. Like, okay, so here's the question. You guys remember I was building up to a question? Uh, here's my question for you, Chris. What would be a good kind of story or setting for the Far Cry developers? Because I don't think they've found it lately. Um, Blood Dragon. trying either. They did one in, like, pre-agricultural Europe. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> But yeah, Blood, Blood, Blood Dragon, I think, worked the best. Um, because it let them have their fun and their stupid and their emergent gameplay, and it was kind of awesome and also terrible, but fun terrible. So, um, so yeah, I, I... They should make Borderlands? <laughs> give, give Ubisoft Borderlands? No, because... I mean, take, Blood Dragon you was... Take, yeah, you take, like, eras that are easy... Like, sorry, the the 80s are fucking easy. It's easy to talk about the 80s now, because it's, what, 30 years ago? Why don't they do, like, a fucking, like, oh, steampunk, night, er, 1880s, England. Oh, no, Jack the Ripper's here. <laughs> Gotta go get him. It's the one thing go kill some rats. from Victorian <laughs> England. <laughs> I, if, if you want my honest opinion, it's... It's that Far Cry is sort of a very weird franchise. Um, it is a franchise that started as a thing that just sold the Cry engine uh, before Crisis, and then it sort of got spun off from that engine and became its own thing with Far Cry 2. And Far Cry 2 was 
critically beloved. Uh, people still love it. I still love it. Far Cry 2 is sort of still the high watermark for the series. But p- people making the n- subsequent games have sort of misidentified what mattered about it because Far Cry 2 has this sort of like deep-seated nihilism about, um, you know, a, a dude showing up and causing violence in a foreign place and and judging them for that for a variety, in, you know, that's kind of oversimplifying things, but that's kind of what Far Cry 2 did in a, in a sense. Um, and that was all wrapped up in its nihilism. Um, and every game since has tried to recapture that sense of like, no, we're going to judge you and be a serious game. But really the mechanics, especially after 2, especially with 3, 4, and 5, are really based around wacky emergent gameplay scenarios. It's always about you're trying to attack this base and a bear comes up behind you and starts clawing you while you're hiding in the bushes and it's hilarious and you want to show your friends on YouTube. And that really does not work well with this idea that you're trying to sell a serious story. And so that's why I think Blood Dragon is maybe the highlight of this franchise in terms of just embracing the dumb. Make it a big nonsense virtual reality emergent gameplay trip that makes no sense whatsoever and doesn't try to tell a serious story. That doesn't mean make it a a Saints Row level goofy comedy, but just a thing that sort of embraces how absurd it is and tries to sort of like the tone of, frankly, a Just Cause. Just Cause nails this tone really well. Um, you know, B-movie funny, not serious issues plus wacky emergent comedy. I, I think an additional thing that happened there in the, the evolution of, of Far Cry 2 is that, uh, not Far Cry 2, but the Far Cry uh, franchise, is that um, Far Cry 3 was way bigger than Far Cry 2. And I don't mean that in terms of, like, game world size, but, like, it blew up and was really popular. And, like, Far Cry, prior to that, Far Cry 2 was, like, you know, well-liked, but it was kind of cult well-liked rather than, like, broad mass appeal well-liked. Uh, and then Far Cry 3 comes out, and it's, like, the the biggest game of the year, um, and it sells, like, gangbusters. And then, like, and that's when they take the Far Cry 3 mechanics and start putting them in every single game. Um, and I, I feel like that kind of derailed a lot of the stuff that Far Cry 2 was, kind of, was trying to do. And then it was the Far Cry 3 stuff that got carried forward. I hate to kill this conversation because I, I think it is interesting. But on the other hand, uh, we are coming around on the end of our episode here, so I think it's a good time to ask for some reader questions slash viewer questions slash listener questions. Yeah, live. If you are currently in the ch- yeah, if you're currently in the chat, pitch a question. You can pitch one to all of us. You can pick one, pitch one to one of us specifically. Once again, today we have Alex Glitch, Campster, Mumbles, me, and Josh. I guess. Told you not to tell him. <laughs> Who? I. I don't know. He's <laughs> talking about this Josh guy. I'm just. I'm really suspicious about it. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, questions. Uh, mumbles. You have to yeah. wrestle one of us for the belt. Which one of us do you pick, and why? Uh. Oh man. Okay. This is tough. If I want it to be, like, a good match, like, oh, man, this match makes me feel great because it's so good and, like, complex and interesting and, like, it goes for fucking, like, 40 minutes, I'd probably, like, wrestle Alex. I think that we have the same, like, strength levels and I think that we could cut good promos and stuff and, like, you'd be, like, babyface versus babyface. That would be fun. 
But if I wanted to win the belt and I didn't care, if I didn't care about the match, I just wanted the fucking belt, I would rip you in fucking pieces, Rutskarn. You'd be yeah, fucking yeah. dead. <laughs> you would not see it coming. You'd be like, oh, I'm ready for my wrestling match. I got my boots on. <laughs> and I'd be like, elbow drop, body slam, suplex, suplex. You'd be like, please stop. I'm tapping. I'm like, I don't even got you in a hold yet. Scorpion deadlock. And be like, ugh. That's that's it. <laughs> All right, I'm pretty sure Mumbles just actually cut a promo. <laughs> uh, so let's see what else we got here. Okay, so we have a question from Jimmy McAwesome. Uh, yes, I'm skipping the question that Glitch submitted to the chat, asking me to compliment him. Uh, Please. Right. Uh, Jimmy McAwesome asks. Rutz, do you have any thoughts on the Star Wars RPG from Fantasy Flight? That's a really good question. No, I haven't played it. So. This isn't the miniatures, is it? Boo. Boo. No, he's talking about... I'm almost certain he's talking about Edge of the Empire. Although there, there, there's, like, there's, like, multiple different, like, Fantasy Flight Star Wars products for, like, various kinds of games. But uh, Edge of the Empire was the RPG that really kind of brought them onto the scene. Uh, it has a novel resolution mechanic where I think it, it, it's... One thing that's cool about it, as I understand it, uh, is that it's not, like, based on simulationist mechanics like a lot of previous Star Wars games were. Like, even, like, the D20, like, and Star Wars, like, Legends games. Basically, they're trying to adapt, like, Dungeons & Dragons-style games to a system so that you can just play Dungeons & Dragons with Jedi or whatever. Star Wars, like, Edge of the Empire tries to feel like a movie and, like, the way it, like, the complications arise and like the way sort of you you deal with problems like you roll dice and like sort of successes come up and complications come up and it's like kind of more about having a cool star wars story than necessarily like having a like like having a skill challenge and like a character build optimization challenge within a star wars milieu and i think that's really how the game has to be I like it much better that way. I've actually been playing one of those recently with some friends, and uh, I find it far better than classic, like, Pathfinder. Um, I find it to be much more interesting than, oh, you, you failed this role, you had a D20, you horribly failed this role, well, there goes your game. I don't know. I, I like it a lot more, personally. Now, oh. Moving into the next uh, question here. All right, uh... Campster, this is from Flail. Hi, Flail. Campster, do you want to play Far Cry 5 co-op? Also, what do you think about the ending, without spoiling it for those who haven't seen it? Uh, I happen to know that Flail, she's not a fan! Not a fan of the ending of this game. So, Chris. Um, uh, for part one, um, maybe eventually. I'm not real big onto the co-op. I think I did it with George for Far Cry 4, briefly, and it's it just... I play the game stealth, and having two people just makes you that much more likely to get seen. And so I, I don't even tend to run with a buddy, um, except once in a while, because I like Boom, or Boomer, Buster, the dog. I like the dog. Um, but I don't usually even run with an AI companion. Um, so maybe sometime. Um, the other thing is, the regarding the ending, not going to spoil anything, but I will say it, it makes the mistake, I think, of again in taking too much from Far Cry 2's nihilism. Um... I don't like the ending either, uh, either of them, all three of them, whatever, however many there are, there's multiple and they're all bad. Um, it's, it's, 
it's a bad attempt to sort of wrap things back around to that Far Cry 2 nihilism, and it, it sucks. It's bad. Okay. Uh, no new questions as of yet, but uh, Black Eyes just does have a, a good idea regarding Mumbles having a finishing move where she turns into 100 crows. <laughs> I'm down with that. Or is that is that just how what you, happens after you win the, the second How do you know I don't already do that? How do you know that's how, not already a thing I how do? How do you know that Mumbles <laughs> is not actually a swarm of 100 crows <laughs> pretending to be a human? Right now. Right I now. Mean, I don't know how, if you know this, but crows can talk. Why do you think I go on Twitter and podcasts and tell people to feed crows? Do you think it's just because I'm a nice human? <laughs> you know, has anyone ever seen Mumbles and 100 crows in the same room at the same time? I'm just saying. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that seems to be all the questions we have for now. But Josh, actually, I seem to recall that we had a couple mailbag questions. Yeah, didn't we? and then they got lost in the uh, the bustle of figuring out that At I the had bottom to of press the three buttons to turn on the damn YouTube stream. Uh, let's see here. Oh boy. Um. Do, do you want me to like give Chris, you the? What's your Dungeons and Dragons alignment? Uh, I thought you had serious issues with D&D alignments. I do. It's wet boy. But still. His is wet boy. <laughs> it's like one part is wet, wet boy. and the other part is wet boy. <laughs> I can't tell if you're talking about me or Rutgarn. Why not both? You're both wet boys. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> is this a thing? <laughs> it is now. Okay. okay. Very, what very were you saying, question. Chris? <laughs> what what was Chris saying? I don't know. I I, I have no answer. Go go ahead, Josh. Okay. Uh, so this is a very serious question. Uh, its title is "Boning Mass Effect Aliens." Uh, oh. This is from Okay uh, Turans. Next question. Uh, actually, <laughs> brought up. Um, Dear Citadel Council, if I think Garrus is hot, how much of a furry does that make me? Which of the alien races count as basically anthropomorphic animals, and which count as essentially humans wearing cat ears on their head? Love, Shepard. I, I think there's a I'm serious out. problem here, which is that we don't necessarily have like a representative of the furry community within our our like our cast. True. I don't know if any of us uh, are qualified for this. Listen, the shark prince from Zelda. He's a shark man. I love him. I want to be my boyfriend. Does that make me a furry? Probably. I don't care. Do you think I care? If people call me do, a furry because I like Turians? Are you out of your mind? I don't do, care. Do any of I don't us care, care at all. People think that we're furry. I mean, furry furries are cool. Like, no, I don't give a shit. Like, there's this old sort of I don't of even like, think any of the Mass Effect aliens look like animals. Yeah. Yeah. What there animal is that also. does a Turian look like? I don't... Like? Well, it's a bird. I mean, like, Turians are based on birds, so... Is it? Yeah. I thought they were, like, cat face. No, they're they're. Yeah, I see a kitty cat face. A little bit. Anyway, final response to the question, jury's out. Or furries out. I guess. Scaly. Uh, next question. Um, this question is really long. Uh, here we go. Um, dear Spodcast, at the start of the last generation and for quite a while afterwards, there was a big trend in gaming for brown, gray, and otherwise muted colors and desaturated graphics. Uh, was that the result of a technical limitation or just a popular trend? 
At the end of the generation, and in this, you have tons of games with brilliant colors. Compare Metal Gear Solid 4 to Metal Gear Solid, bleh, Metal Gear Solid 5 or Fallout 3 to Fallout 4. Uh, love, Christopher. Um, hmm. so, so the question there is, like, was that a style thing or a limitation of graphics? Uh, and it was a style thing. Like I'm aware of no graphical limitation that, that would behoove them to make brown right. and gray games. That's I, I, I don't know if that's a thing where, like, your processor just can't handle enough colors or if that has been a thing in, in the last generation. Uh, no, I mean, no, it's because be brown and gray stuff. games were cool. Yeah. No, it was cool. When yeah. these games came out, you weren't supposed to make colorful games because those it, are for babies. It was from that same. It was era the era of, of like you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Timber or not Timber. Uh, I don't remember the Batman movies that were happening. That Christopher, time. Nolan. Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. I don't know why I wanted Nolan. to say Tim Burton yeah. because that's obviously not the it person was... doing those Batman movies. <laughs> it, it was. <laughs> oh, it was the like era. It was the era where you would put on your monster energy drink cap and your sleeveless tank and fix your, your wallet to, uh, to a chain on your shorts with black and gray pinstripes. Uh, and you would walk down to the EB Games and you would buy yourself a first-person shooter annualized and you would get in it and you would say the most ungodly shit pretty much constantly into a microphone uh, in between bites of your Carl's Jr. hamburger. That was the era. Yeah. Uh, we're past it. Thank Christ. I feel like we've been past it for a long. I'm time. really glad because like, I'm really glad, bad because uh, glad because I, 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 you know, those hats never fit me properly. <laughs> Your head too big. Uh, yeah, my head too big. Uh, got another question. I have no idea what that means. If we want to just leave that yes. hanging there and not address it. Classic wet boy not knowing what that means. Yeah, next, next right. question. <laughs> Qualities of the wet boy alignment. Wet boys tend to have large heads and dislike monster energy drink. I believe both of those do describe hamster as well. So... Oh, merciful Spoverlords. It seems like when a game features crafting, what that really means is a grind for a bunch of materials, push a button, and maybe wait a bit. Do you know of games that try to make the process of crafting more interesting than just the process of acquiring materials? What would your ideal crafting system look like? Wow. Oh, this is something. That's an interesting right. question. You know what? That's a really good point. Like when you make well, I something, I don't like, like crafting you... in any game. I just would. I don't either. Craft. I just want I the either. items there. I want yeah. my table just to show up. But like failing at that, if I'm gonna make a table, I want it to feel like I'm making a table. Like there's all these like dopamine, like endorphin, like loops that happen when you make something like a table with your hand. That is like the whole reason humans craft shit. Like, we make things, yes, because they're practical, but, like, in a large part, we make stuff because it's satisfying. That's like, you know, early hand axes, which is to say, like... So, Minecraft. That's what I was Yeah, I mean, there's, like, Minecraft, yeah, that's but, it. like... It's just Minecraft. It's in the name. But, like, you know, like... When I make something in, like, a video game, like, yeah, there's there's nothing where it actually has, like, a feeling like you're putting, like, a, 
your own spin or touch on it, except like yeah, like games like Minecraft, where you're like building um, a structure. Even then, when you're building like um, like an axe or something, like you just put in the ingredients like in the shape of an yeah. axe, which is like that. I mean, that is like kind of like crafting like that has like kind of a, a simulation or an emulation of the feeling of arranging something and there was that but cool like it's not like this is my axe like when when you know all of us were first trying the game for the first time and like you're like how do i craft a sword so you start putting blocks together in the nine square crafting interface that look like a sword, and then maybe you actually manage to get it, and that feels really cool. Now you know, like it's weird to think that that's a no- that was a novel idea at some point. Like yeah. that was not something. Now it's so commonplace that that's just like a thing that we do. But back then, that was actually a novelty that that you could figure out how to make something based on its shape. I thought that was right. Cool. Well, it's like, Go ahead. okay, I, I, well, I was just going to say earlier, like, you know, <laughs> when you, you look at, like, really early, like, tools, like the hand axes, which are just, like, sharpened rocks that people would hit things with, like, there's one of them where people found it, and they notice that there's, like, this notch on the other side of it, which doesn't necessarily have, like, a practical application in shopping, it just makes it fit better in that specific person who made its hand. And this is, like, not, like, a homo sapiens, I don't think. Like, this this is, like, really early in our development as a species. And it's weird how, like, this is such a big part of how we make things, and this is such a small part of how crafting works in video games. I can't think of too many examples where you make something and use it in a first-person setting. Like, there's not many examples of, like really forging a hammer or forging a sword like there are systems where like you go in and arrange the ingredients and hit the go button and you watch a little bar fill up and then you've crafted a hammer or a sword but there's not a lot of games that you actually build like craft a a sword but there are games let you craft things like i would argue something like the incredible machine lets you literally build your own inventions uh, and and whatever subsequent sequels it got and remakes and alternate versions um Oh, Even something shit. like Polybridge or 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 Fallout Four, Coaster you Tycoon. can make your own fucking like trash mansions, which is so fun. <laughs> yeah, it is so is, fun. I have a trash mansion that goes like three stories high, and it's all this different stuff. And each room has specific stuff in it, and it's like the best trash mansion anyone's ever built. It's literally I the only thing hand. I cared about in Fallout Four was the crafting. Yeah. And I didn't add any mods to the game other than stuff that improved the crafting and added yeah. more stuff. Uh, yes, building, exactly. Like, it's limit. it's sad. Yep. It's sad that you need to download a bunch of mods. If it's even possible to do this, like, I, I got just far enough to determine that it wasn't. Just, like, jump in. I wanted to create a character who just, like, like ran, like, a, a general store, like, out in the middle yes, of the wasteland yes. or something. That's exactly like, that's what, what I, I, I tried to do that. And and the worst part is I tried to make a character, and the whole concept of this character uh, was he was going to go into Fallout, and he was not going to have any combat whatsoever, and he was just going to be... A shopkeep. He's going to make a town where he's like he is the person who sells stuff, uh, and all of his money was going to come from that. And fuck Fallout Four because 
it forces you to not only um, fight to level up, but there's like these level up restrictions that make it so that you can't take certain things. Um, yes. Until you're level like 12, and you can't get traders in your town until you go and do that quest, which requires you to fight people, and it's just it was excruciating. Dude. I was so frustrated with all of that. The only game I've ever been able to play, I had to be a traveling merchant, but the only game I've been able to do it properly was Oblivion. That's the only game that I found where I can, like, I'm a traveling merchant. Everything's above the board. I don't steal shit, and I don't go into dungeons. Oblivion was the only yep. one that I could do that in a satisfying way. Mountain Blade did a pretty decent job of it. just about to say that. <laughs> Damn. Like, now that I think about it, you can do that in Mountain Blade. Only Thanks for your contribution, Ruts. I, I think that was a really good thing to point out. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, you have to make the decision really early. Do you carry around a bunch of caravan guards who could fight bandits, or yeah. do you uh, like just go lonesome and try to run around them? I just try to run around them, and there's always the question of like, am I going to make it to that town in time, or should I jettison like my fifty crates of salt? <laughs> and there's really dangerous. I guess you could do that. Okay, but here's an actual thing, Chris. You said there's not a game where you actually like make something, make something. And I thought, oh shit, you know what game totally lets you forge a sword and has, like, mechanics for, like, arranging the components and, like, actually forging it in the game world? No. Goddamn Dark Messiah of Might and Magic. Okay. Wait, that game had that? Like, that game where you (laughs) kick people. Yeah, Yeah, well, it's not, like, a big mechanic. But, yeah, you can find, like, ingots in some areas... And there, there'll be areas where, like, you could put the ingot, like, in some fire. And it's not realistic, like, in the sense of it actually matches up to how you really make a sword as opposed to how you make one in a fantasy movie. But, like, yeah, you, you like, run the ingot into a mold, like, and heat it. And you, like, pump bellows and you hammer it, like, and you cool it. And you, you, you put it in a hilt and it's you get a sword made out of that material. All that being I, what said... What a random game to actually have this. That game had a lot it, of weird, it feels, crazy ideas. It feels to me like crafting in games is almost always something that I don't want to do, even if the system is something that I enjoy. Like, I didn't hate Skyrim's. I know it wasn't the most complicated or anything, but I didn't hate it. But I also didn't want to do it. Um, and there's lots of RPGs that make me do it. And it almost feels to me like it would be better to have an entirely separate game. Like, I still don't necessarily want that... Uh, experience of crafting a sword that i make myself and i can be really creative with it in a game that i just want to go fight dudes you know yeah but luckily skyrim like especially the um the final epic 2000 whatever version it lets you basically never have to craft a fucking thing including your home stuff because once you even with the um hearthstone dlc you can just show up and then have your um your buddy your person bodyguard whatever and be like hey fucking build me uh alchemy layer put all the shit in it thanks bye and you just go back to killing people which is my favorite thing to I do i was in Skyrim. really disappointed with that dlc <laughs> I was fine with it. it <laughs> especially in retrospect, because it's it clear so they wanted boring. to do the, like, they wanted to have it like what they ultimately did in Fallout 4. Yeah, exactly. It was clearly like a beta version of the Fallout 4 stuff yeah. that they wanted to do. 
Plus, I was using a lighting mod, and Boy. it didn't work inside my house. <laughs> so the inside of my house was just like pitch black. Oh well, the lighting the in fucking Skyrim is like literally the worst thing about yeah. the game. That and Fallout Four, like the worst. <laughs> The whole game is just, like, weird and gray and cold and unpleasant, but not in a way that actually feels weird and gray and cold and unpleasant. In it's... Skyrim, I one time I walked into this lady's house, and she was literally maybe, like, six feet away from me, and I just crouched, and all of a sudden she couldn't see me anymore. <laughs> it was fucking wild. And it's because of the lighting. <laughs> Well, I guess that's about all we have time for. I gotta get my dog a walk and feed it its medicine. Yep, that was a spotcast. So, it was. Uh, hey, remember yeah. when we uh, we came up with that name and everyone loved it and it stuck? Yeah, I just yeah, love that. When, when when one of us in particular came <laughs> up, with I'm glad we all agreed on something. It. Yeah, it's a good name. It was. It was. It was I, I wish I could remember who came up with that name so I could thank them. Yeah, I don't know. It's initially lost the time, that one. Yup. It was clearly a wet boy. <laughs> Tune in next time! <laughs> yes. Uh... <laughs> Play us out. It's already. It's already out. I like the idea that Josh doesn't right, play right. it. Well, you guys should probably stop talking here so we can have, like, the, the video stuff pop up at the end with the links and previews and shit. Oh, click on Josh's face! God damn it. <laughs> My face is probably up there. Bye, guys. All right, great podcast, guys. That was actually no, really good. No, we're not good. done. The uh, podcast is ended. The dog, no. <laughs> God damn it. What? What?